I believe it was Cliff Richards who, in his immortal paean to the festive season, Mistletoe and Wine, once said that it's a time for giving, a time for sharing, a time for pretending that Die Hard is a Christmas film, a time for getting overly worked up about those who think that Die Hard is a Christmas film, a time for rowing about politics whilst eating four metric tons of Paxo, a time for dogging under a blanket of snow in Simmons' yacht, a time for celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, a time for suing the BBC for implying that you were slash are a nonce. But to me, Christmas is about more than just those things. It's also about fudge and having to explain the rules of Cluedo, that's clue to our US listeners, repeatedly to drunken relatives who don't listen yet somehow end up fucking winning. It's also about avoiding the inevitable slurry of shite TV, from text Santa right the way through to the 45th Christmas special of Mrs Brown's Boys. But most of all, it's about spending time with loved ones, liked ones, and those who you tolerate. So with that in mind, welcome to this special podcast, Crass at Christmas. indeed listeners ho 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 it's crash at christmas i'm paul austin and i'm george walsh well we're back again um it's been a funny sort of year since crass ended um <laughs> to be honest not that much has happened oh god what, when did we finish crass was it july early july god, god, it's not even been, it's not even been that long no, it's been about been about four months or so five months yeah what happened well barshans is ending yeah. Don't worry, lads. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're not going. We're, we're but we'll be back. <laughs> God. <Don't need> to... <laughs> Although, as this is coming out on Christmas, this is not going to be much use to them until next Christmas. No, so. probably not. Yeah, that's a shame. To be honest, I know you were quite worried, George, about this podcast not being Christmassy enough. Yeah. So uh, what I've done is I've decided that just every now and then I'd jingle this bell. <laughs> is that have you stolen that from a cat <laughs> no i got it off the tree i got it off the tree <laughs> it just sounds like you've stolen a, a cat's collar and you just it's not going anywhere that's it's monty python <laughs> We've really no, sorry. I've got to do. I've got to do Paul's question time. That's what yes. we normally start with. I've totally forgotten it. Play the it's jingle. Paul's festive question time. Paul's question time. Paul's question time. Lovely. Right, actually, listeners uh, and George, I've got a special Christmas treat. I've got two questions for Paul's question time. Um, question one. George, Paul's question time. What is your favourite decoration on your Christmas tree? Favourite decoration on the Christmas tree? Um, again, is this supposed to be a, a really rip-roaring question? <sighs> well, I don't know. It's just a fun little... I'll tell you what, right, I'll, I'll, no, I'll, I'll tell I'll you show what, you my favourite. No, 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 no. I'll tell you why I'm, right, okay. I'm feeling this way. Uh, the past couple of years, I've had a a... a uh, do you know the angel at the top of the tree that some people put up? Yeah. There? 
Yeah, well, on my tree, I've had Ken Bruce, the BBC Two, <laughs> BBC Radio <laughs> Two <laughs> presenter. <laughs> but um, I've been pipped to the post this year, and uh, Ken didn't make it up the tree in time, so there's just a conventional oh. angel. So I'm kind of looking oh. at the tree, going, oh, "I hate everything," <laughs> but there are some nice, there are some nice sort of star-shaped, sort of I don't know, cushiony type things. I don't know. Right. There's some of them that I've got with them. Good. I mean, Ken Bruce would have been good, but obviously as yeah. he's not on the street, you can't have him. Not, not this year. I can't, um, yeah. I can't lie well, to the listeners of Crash. I'll show you mine instead. We've got these... You know Father Christmas? Have you yeah. heard of him? Yeah, I've heard of him. He's like... Um, we've got, we've got like, uh, a sort of quite classy um, metal sort of model of Father Christmas mm. Santa uh, that hangs on the tree. I'll send you a picture of him. Oh, um, I think I've put a... Um, I put a book next to him to uh, give you some sense of scale, George. I've just sent that via Facebook now. George is now presumably opening Facebook. Can't tell. We're, in, we're not yeah, in I'm the same it. room, I'm listeners. He's opening it. Yeah, he's standing next to a copy of The Taming of the Shrew, which... Yeah, is, is that a miniature like, copy of Taming. Yeah, I was going to say, is it's it a, a miniature, miniature copy, copy or is it just a big Santa? Yeah, just to give you a sense of scale. <laughs> but the thing is, if I don't know the scale of the copy of the books, how can I work out the scale of... It's a miniature book, George. Yeah, but I did... It'll be on the Twitter, listeners. You can have a look at yourself at this lovely metal sand. <laughs> I think... Great. Doesn't it look like he's holding a Mr Blobby in his arms? <laughs> Obviously, this is brilliant for a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, was there a second question? Yeah, well, talking of Mr Blobby, George, Paul's mm. question time, what is your least favourite bit of the Mr Blobby song music video? It's the bit where Jeremy Clarkson is the chauffeur. Oh, God, yeah, that is bad. At least, I mean, that's... It's such a bad, bad video and a bad song. This I find it hard to pick. I hate Carol Vorderman's cameo as well, well just because of the face well, yeah, she's putting. Yeah, sort of... It, you know, I naturally sort of recoil in horror at the thought of a Carol Vorderman uh, cameo. So, yeah. But yeah. this is Clarkson before he, he punched that bloke. Um, but it's still... It is, that's true. It, it's, it's still, still not yeah. welcome, let's say. It's, it's a bad... The worst bit, I think, of the video, actually, is, is the worst bit of the song as well. And it's that woman who does that little quick sort of kind of slight... The rhyme bit. No squeeze, no hug, too late, no bomb, too big. And she's got a kind of ruby waxish quality to her voice, and it's incredibly annoying. I don't think it actually is ruby is wax. It, remind me, is Noel Edmonds himself in that video? He is in the video, yeah. he play, He's oh, a waiter at Mr Blobby's Christmas can party. Can I change my answer to that being the worst thing? <laughs> There's a really bad bit at the end where Mr Blobby and um, Edmonds sort of see each other and they like give each other a hug but first but before that noel edmonds puts a big plate of jelly on a chair right and they kind of go oh mate mate and blobby goes oh blobby and they give each other a hug uh noel edmonds punches blobby on the arm in a kind of friendly way yeah. and then mr blobby pushes him they push each other and they both fall on the jelly that they've put down on the chair and then after that edmonds puts mr blobby in a box suspended on a crane <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> you know, the weird thing about Mr. Blobby is I think actually he could have been quite a good character. Mm. There is something about him that I quite like, 
a kind of horror, yeah. sort of horror, chaotic aspect <laughs> to him. I think I think Harry Hill uses Mr. Blobby really well. As a he kind uses of him better than chaos. Edmunds did, anyway. Yeah, definitely. The problem is, I think Edmunds wanted to make him like a kind of fun character for kids when he's not. He should have been the villain. Yeah, he's given him like a kind of a baby and a wife and a, a house and a theme park when he should have been like, oh shit, it's Mr. Blobby, and he comes in and he starts wrecking stuff. He should have been a a, a horrible goblin creature who everyone was afraid of in the show. That would have been good. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, because it sort of fits in with the mythology of, of Crinkly Bottom, doesn't it, if he's this goblinly type figure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, by making him nice, but it, it sort of suggests that a, never did, a fictitious yeah. village created by Noel Edmonds is a nice place to be. And of course, everyone knows it would just be, like, really right-wing and full of horrible <laughs> trolls and <laughs> that'd be good if they could revisit crinkly bottom now in the in the post brexit uh, britain <laughs> what's that what is crinkly bottom like now i'd love to know i'd love to know the main point of interest in crinkly bottom is is the gallows which are still used and i think anyone who displeases edmunds is hung um whilst all the villagers sort of dance around the maypole and you know I yeah. think there's Morris dancing there, which is, as everyone knows, oh, of is course evil. There is, yeah. Where I live, where I live, recently there was a big kind of controversy because we've got these Morris dancers who black up, oh, God. and they were told, genuinely, <laughs> not this isn't. I'm not making it. This isn't like Paul's autobiography or Lonely Hearts Club. This is genuinely true. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm. But yeah, we had a controversy where. The the blackface Morris dancers were told you can't go blacking up anymore. But they perform. And most of where I, and most of the town where I live were like, no, that's they should be allowed to black up still. It's it's our heritage. Oh, well, I mean, as if you're gonna have the Lyceum there still, and them putting on their like you know, all white productions of the color purple and all that that's sort all. of stuff, then you know, <laughs> nice, yeah. I suppose so. It's a very sort of black-facey town where I live. I hadn't even th- I hadn't really thought about it before. But it is everywhere. You live in Crinkly Bottom. B- That's where you live. <laughs> in this sort of Edmunds-esque nightmare village. <laughs> I mean, it's true. If, if Crinkly Bottom existed, it would be in the Midlands. We, we know that, don't we? Oh, well, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it would have to be. Definitely. Next bit. So, even though barely anything has happened in the world at all since Crass ended, a lot of stuff has been going on in our lives, hasn't it, George? Yes, it has. Uh, Would you like to go first, Paul, then? Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm working full time at a popular record chain uh, in the UK. Won't say what it is for um, I don't know, for what legal reasons? Fucked. Yeah, legal reasons. You never know. They might I might get. If they listen to the. Imagine they listen to this podcast and they hear, "Oh, Paul's admitted he works here." Is it the uh, one with the big this dog? Is good. Staring into a gramophone. <laughs> the is it big that one? Dog. <laughs> what the big dog? What Dilbert? <laughs> <laughs> is it no it's digby isn't it not dilbert dilbert the biggest dog in the world <laughs> digby was the biggest dog in the world sorry for that mistake crass corrections it wasn't dilbert it was digby um 
But is it, um, is it that yeah, one? No, I'm not going to say it. Stop it. Is everything all pink? You try to get me fired? Not anymore. We had pink... Um, we had the packaging for the gift cards was pink. But honest to God, they changed it to black because um, a lot of men would come in and go, oh, I don't want that. Or people would come in saying, oh, I want a gift card. And they go, oh, have you got any that aren't pink? It's for a man. He'll kill himself if he gets a pink gift card. Can oh, you believe you've confirmed, you've confirmed which one it is anyway now, so carry on. <laughs> well, basically. Thanks, George. But, um, yeah, I've been working there. I mean, there's not much to tell. Um, I had a customer who had one long tooth across the whole of his upper jaw. That was a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's just my life. What mm. about you, George? Uh, well, not much, really. I mean, I... In September, I had a, a photography internship. After that, I joined the Royal Exchange Theatre's young company as a young director. Oh, fuck so yeah. I've been working wow, on, Jesus. A, on a production assistant director on one of the productions which will be on stage in February. That's mad. Listeners, you've witnessed... You've kind of been witness to George's rise to theatre fame, almost <laughs> fame. Like you literally you you were you were there when he sort of first went to Happy Days where his love of theatre was sparked hmm. and now he's here working with the Royal Exchange. Yeah. It's amazing how things work out. I've gone from terror suspect to having a backstage card. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. It's not bad, is it? It's funny that that bloke hasn't given me any funny looks since. <laughs> you should tell him. Have you told them that you suspect you what you were worried they suspected you were a terror? No, of suspect. Not. Yeah, so yeah. I put it in the application. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you might have mentioned it once. So yeah, life is pretty sweet for us listeners. Um, how about you? Email in. Um, yeah. How's your at... life going? Send us an email. <laughs> Craftspodcast. <laughs> that's your, that's our question for the week. How's yeah. your life going? <laughs> Right, well, let's do at, something... At the... What's Go the email address? I've fucking forgotten it. The email address is crasspodcast at gmail.com or on right. Twitter, okay. at thecrasspodcast. Um, I was thinking I'll just Sorted. open my advent calendar, do something vague okay, for Christmas Um I've got one of these Cadbury Dairy Milk advent calendars, which are really good, aren't they, Paul? Um, they are good, I've got one. They're hopefully great. they'll sponsor. Uh, little laugh, so I little won't bit say... of joy every day. Yeah. Just a glass and a half full in every bar. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, we named our, our sort of mini podcast sort of series that we've had. Yeah, that thing we haven't returned to since. Yeah. That was a, a crass and a half. So you see, the advertisers... Uh, with, bleh, uh, cut that. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, please, it wasn't going anywhere, was it? So please cut that. don't. Uh, so, yeah, let's get this open then. I won't say uh, Good. what day number we're on because that'll you know, let them behind the curtain. 16th. It's the 16th. We did this last year. I opened my fucking advent calendar last year. Now we're doing it again. All right, so we've not got any new ideas. All right. Jesus For, Christ. We're, do, we're trying we our best here. <laughs> Fuck Sorry. Sake. Sorry. I re-listened to the, the one from last year and it was the 19th we recorded it. A bit later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Can you hear that? Can you hear that thudding about upstairs? Right, I'm going in, opening the, uh, the window, and yeah, the chocolate... I don't know what that is. It looks like uh, a, a stuffed turkey. 
from behind. Stuff to lovely. It's nice stuff turkey. That's it's festive that. And of course there's a little festive message as well on the inside window. Nice. It says give hugs at Christmas unless you are the founder of Ted Baker. I'd uh, yeah, take some notice of that. Mm, chocolate of course. Mm, very nice. So we know. You can Google you can Google that joke, listeners. Alright, that is a better joke than you realise. Just because you haven't, you know, all right, sorry. No, well, no, I haven't. It's, I don't. I don't really watch the news. I find it. I find it depressing. The children will sing. He'll be back at Christmas time. George. Um, We've not had a lot of correspondence over the break, I'll be honest. No. Um, but we have had one email. <laughs> so I think it's time for a little bit of crass correspondence. We haven't got a jingle for that, obviously, but... Um, yeah. I'll do, yeah. Shall I do one now? I'll do a jingle now, Do one now. Crass correspondence. That's the beauty of gas. Don't know. <laughs> anyway, so we've had one email. We've okay. had one email. Let's uh, hear it. From uh, Blake Seven Fan Forty Two, um, who says, <laughs> "Paul and George, how's it going, buddies? Hope you're well. How's the podcast? Don't know why I asked that. How's the podcast? It's on um, life just support. Wondering, just wondering, is there going to be a Christmas one this year? Yes. Well, we're yes, doing there is. we're doing it now, aren't we? Doing it now. Uh, Blake Seven Fan." 42 or whatever it was. We're doing it now. This is it now. The question you've asked, we're, we're reading it out now on the Christmas special. So, of course, we're, we're doing a Christmas... This is the Christmas special, Crass at Christmas. We're doing it now. Why are you asking that question? We're doing it <laughs> right now. There's some dead some dead some dead some dead There is dead there is dead Thanks for your email. Fucking um, morons are listeners, all of them. Sick of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, of course they are. Of course they're morons. They're listening to crass. And they're not emailing. They're, they're listening to this, this podcast. And then every time we ask them to email, they don't email. What's wrong with you? If we're asking you to email, it doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be good. Send anything, please. Christ, we've got a whole feature called crass correspondence. And we never have anything. We've had two emails. We've had two emailers that we haven't made up, right? And they were and they were all abusive. So send us something. <laughs> Christ! I even made up Blake Seven Fan Seventy One. Just so please send us something. We're de- we're fucking desperate. <laughs> Right, come on, let's let's I think it's about time for me to to tell you tell telly me No it doesn't Do you wanna do this bit? (laughs) Yeah, well (laughs) what do you what do you want me to ask you? Um just to tell 
to. I can't do it without doing the the fucking stupid <laughs> pun title. Uh, to tell you what I've been watching this week. <laughs> George, 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 why don't you tell us what I've you've been? <laughs> George, try again. George, it's now time for you to tell me what you've been watching this week. Telling me what you've been watching this week. You tell him you saw it on the um the telly. Right. Well, this this is kind of more a telly me what I'm watching this Christmas more than uh, this week. But I'm not changing the jingle because I can't be asked. So um, I will cover what I've watched in the last week, which was Tipping Point. Have you ever seen this, Paul? I have seen a bit of Tipping Point. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be one of the worst game shows out there at the moment not fronted by Edmonds um, because the, oh, yeah. the well, essential yeah, idea so. is do you know those push penny arcade machines that they've got yeah let's do that but massive with piss easy questions and thick as pig shit contestants <laughs> and yeah. I can't I cannot I can't watch it from start to finish it makes me angry it's worse than bullseye that's how bad it is do you know what I mean like, at least Bullseye, it had, you know, Jim Bowen. But Ben Shepard is no Jim Bowen, is he? So I'd ring the bell just to make it a bit Christmassy. <laughs> uh, you, it, I don't <laughs> yeah, know I know, you... I totally know what you mean with Tipping Point. It is bad. Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Um, so now let's move on to tellying you... Oh. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> Telling you, let's carry on. Telling you, George, what... <laughs> why are you telling me what you won't be watching this Christmas? Well, I, I can tell you, tell you straight away that I won't Fuck be watching. Stop! Just tell me what you won't be watching. <laughs> so ITV have commissioned a biopic of uh, um, Torval and Dean, uh, not to be confused with Pearl and Dean, yeah. of course. But yeah, and it looks absolute <laughs> dog meringue. It really does. I mean, I hate Torval and Dean. It's Anyone who can skate, weird idea. Anyone who can skate sort of gets on my nerves a bit, but (laughs) Torval and Dean are just awful human beings. He looks like um, Martin Platt from Coronation Street. If anyone can remember what Martin (laughs) Platt looks like, like Martin Platt, doesn't he? Yeah. Do you know Martin Platt? um, Since he's left (laughs) the street, he now makes his own cheese and sells it at the Christmas market. I did see that. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, no. but they've not even got him to play uh, Christopher Dean, so that's that's annoying. And then I mean, Jane yeah, Torville... Surely that's a natural choice. Who have Jane, they got? I don't know, some bloke. I, I, I don't know. Very I'm not watching bloke. it. Well, I'm okay, telling you, but I'm not watching this. And uh, Jane Torville, I always thought, <laughs> looked like a year five teacher, to be honest. Um, yeah. Again, not a, not necessarily a bad thing, but... Just, you know, maybe she shouldn't be pissing about on ice skates. I hate dancing on ice. Have you, have you ever watched Dancing on Ice? No, I've got to say I agree with you. I really don't like ice skating. No. I, the last... I mean... The, I've done it twice in my life. Yeah. And both times I got concussion. See, I've done it so twice not... in my life, and both times I just clung on for dear life. So I avoided concussion, but I just made an absolute burk of myself twice. Yeah. It's rubbish. It's so, a yeah. rubbish. It's rubbish. Yeah. Ban it. Ban well, it. Dancing on Ice is just television at its most cynical, isn't it? I mean, 
What they, what some yeah, ITV exec has gone, oh, look, BBC have got Strictly Come Dancing. Let's put them on ice skates and revive yeah. Torvald Dean's flagging career. That That's that's just absolute awful, cynical yeah. garbage, and I hate it. Oh, well, it's OK. You won't um, be watching be- ITV. That's fine. That's that's not that's not unusual for you, let's be honest. No. Um, no. Well, I mean, we but, can get it in the north on our tellies, whereas in the way you live, it's sort of blocked out. We don't get it here. I have, I have to watch Cory. I have to. I have to watch Cory on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! See, so, yeah, you won't um, be watching ITV, but no. Well, before uh, we move on about, to before yeah. we move on to um, okay, telling you what I'll be watching oh, this. Like, stop. What was? What were you just going stop. to do? Telling. Before we move on, <laughs> let's just. This is a fucking shambles. This is fucking fast. Let's bring things back round to where they all began with the chocolate-voiced slaphead sex machine, Telly Savalas, whose name we have appropriated for the title of this feature. Yes. I turned my TV on the other day and accidentally watched about 30 seconds worth of snooker. Right? All right. (laughs) But thankfully, the game wasn't underway. It was just whilst they were introducing the new... Snooker players, is it? Snookerists? What's snooker, the word? I think it is snooker. I think it is snooker players. Snookerists. Not snookerers or snookerists. Right? Snookerers. No, I think it but, is snookerers. Uh, yeah. yeah. Here was an introduction for one of those famous snooker players. On table one, here comes one of the most colourful characters in the sport. Semi-finalist at this season's European Masters. Two years ago, he won his maiden ranking triumph with that emotional victory at the Northern Ireland Open. Snooker's Telly Savalis, who loves your baby, Mark Kojak King. <laughs> Snooker's Telly Savalis. <laughs> I love the fact that he says he loves your baby. Brilliant. It was oh, great. It's nice to get a bit of a telly shout out on national television. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So, do you I've want to move a story forward? like that? Go on. Well, no, first of all, that actually reminded me of a story of when I accidentally caught something for 30 seconds. The other day I turned on, um, I caught a bit of BBC One, mm. and I accidentally caught a few seconds of Mrs. Brown's Boys, one of the Christ. Christmas specials. And that, it's not particularly noteworthy, but they were trying to do like a heartfelt moment, which I, d- I didn't even think they ever did. But it was like supposed to be like a kind of heartwarming scene where she was like having a nice chat with some old fella in a chair. <laughs> it was really weird. It actually slightly disturbed me that they were trying to. Anyway, it's not yeah. much of a story, but no, it, it would make me funny. feel. It's true. <laughs> it would make me feel equally uncomfortable. Uh, did yeah. you have something you wanted to? To do as part of telling <laughs> yeah, me finally. what you've been watching this week. Yes, well, I thought maybe because you're not going to be watching ITV, mm. uh, yeah. we could check and see if you'll be watching anything on BBC One. Okay. Um, so this is the Christmas Day. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember? You said we, we went down the TV listings and you said what you thought of all the programs. Yeah, in a one feature. Of our great ideas. In a feature that went on slightly too long. <laughs> well, strap in, listeners, because it's returning for Christmas. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go down the BBC One Christmas Day schedule and you can say what you think of everything 
that is airing uh, that day. Okay? Okay. So, we start at 6am with Breakfast. What, as in BBC Breakfast? The uh... Yeah, BBC Breakfast. Some BBC One calls BBC Breakfast. So that'll just be Breakfast. Well, yeah. But with sort of the sentimental, schmaltzy Christmas sort of elements thrown in. I mean, yeah. unless there's like... No, no, I won't say that. That's just... No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. 9am, The Gruffalo. Uh, no, it's not for me, is it? It's not aimed at me. It's right, it's for kids, Gruffalo. isn't it? So. And then uh, a double bill, 9.25, The Gruffalo's Child. Right, well, if The Gruffalo wasn't aimed at me, then that really isn't aimed at me. So. No. Yeah. Uh, 9.55, there's a film, <laughs> and it's called, I shit you not, Hammy's Boomerang Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? But I can't possibly comment on that. What the hell is it? Hammy's the thing is... Hammy, or Pammy. <laughs> Hammy's Boomerang Adventure. Hammy's Boomerang Adventure. The weird thing is, it only goes on for five minutes. <laughs> but it says film at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. 10am, Christmas morning from Oldham Parish Church. From Oldham? Oldham Parish Church. Parish what are Church. they doing in Oldham? I don't fucking Why are they know. No, but I live near Oldham and I know... What? It's not you worth going to Oldham. Where? 11am. <laughs> Film. Royce and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Yeah, great. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Terrific film. Can't Perfect for Christmas. Yeah. Pretty solid pick, that, innit? Mm-hmm. Great choice. 12.20. BBC News. Again, it's the news, innit? Yeah. I suppose. And then 12.25, the weather. I mean that the, I mean I'm gonna say this, but I know I'm gonna be wrong. The benefit of having sort of a, a brief BBC News bulletin on Christmas is that they're probably not going to talk about Brexit, which is good because it means that you can see what the news was like four years ago. Do you know what I mean? It sort of might be a nice little time mm, capsule. That this is what the news used to be mm, like before Brexit about that. dominated the whole news cycle yeah, constantly. So. Who knows? But, you know, knowing our luck, yeah. it'll be... There'll be some Brexit, Brexit calamity that happens. But another yeah. one, you know, and uh, <laughs> we'll hear all about it. It's, isn't it, it's, isn't it. it's just a series of calamities at this point. It's just an endless stream of shit. Anyway, I, so yeah. at 12.30... <laughs> at 12.30, uh, Top of the Pops Christmas Special. Presumably not all the Savile ones. <laughs> Well, uh, this is interesting. It's funny that there is someone... There must be someone whose job at the BBC is to cut nonces out of old episodes of Top of the Pops because they're always repeating yeah, them. must be. 1.30, 1.30, film The Good Dinosaur. Hmm. I mean, on the one hand, it's Pixar. On the other hand, it's not Inside Out. It's The Good Dinosaur. So I mean, yeah. From what I heard, it is one of the lesser Pixar films. You know, it's not. It's not like Inside Out or Rio. <laughs> and then at three p.m., inevitably, it's the Queen's Christmas broadcast. I've never, oh. you know, I've never actually watched it. <laughs> never watched it in my life. No. Well. I can't even like imagine what it's like. Is she just sitting in a chair in front of a load of books or something? Yeah. Pretty much. Is it? Yeah. Brilliant. 
310. Trying to keep a straight face as Britain burns to the ground. Brilliant, yeah. Film, uh, three, sorry, 310 film, The Jungle Book, the 2016 version. I mean, I didn't see the, the 2016 version, but put, put the it's old right. one on. It's Christmas. I know, I prefer it, but the old one would be better, but I yeah. suppose, I get it, I get why they picked the new yeah, one, it's it, a bit. Yeah, fair, fair yeah. enough. It was okay, it wasn't bad. Um, 4.50 p.m. Zog. Zog? Zog. <laughs> I, I, that's a new one on me. <laughs> is it? We should, maybe we should try and guess what it is. <laughs> I imagine maybe it's like a kind of uh, sequel sort of to Zig and Zag, but there's like a new one called Zog. I think it's one of those French stop-motion animations like the Magic Roundabout, but one that obviously didn't take off. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> that, that'd be I'd like really it. like that. That'd be brilliant. If it is that, I'll be tuning in. Yeah. 5.15, BBC News. I'm going to just skip news and weather. Not yeah. the microphone. Oh, it might be snowing again. That's the weather. <laughs> uh, 5.30, uh, the Strictly Come Dancing Christmas special. Fine, whatever. Yeah. 6.45, Michael McIntyre's big Christmas show. Yeah, I'm not watching that. I can't stand nope. Michael McIntyre. <laughs> 7.45, Call the Midwife oh, Christmas special. <laughs> Leave it there. That's when the turkey 15. kicks in and everyone's asleep, in it. Yeah, pretty much. 9.15, EastEnders. Why is it on so late? I, I mean, I don't know why it's on at all at Christmas, because it is the most depressing thing you can imagine. Do you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. Everyone's screaming and calling each other a fat cow, and then there's, you know, someone will get yeah. killed, and you've got Danny Dark going round, and it's just absolutely depressing. He's got, he's got yeah. a cockney heart of gold. Yeah, yeah, he's not a real cockney, is he, though? He's just making then, it up. And then just to make it, just to make it, he went to Eton. Uh, yeah. Just to make it even more depressing, at 10.15pm, Mrs. Brown's Boy's Christmas special. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, really, it's such a bad schedule. I'm not even finished. 10.50, outnumbered, repeat. It's better than the previous two programmes, but, I mean... Why is it on that late? You could get away with putting know, that on at weird, like eight o'clock, couldn't you? So, and then yeah, is it a new one? Um, I mean, surely they're all doing their A no, levels now. They can't be. No, it's, it's a repeat. repeat. Yeah, it's it's a repeat. One. It's a repeat yeah. of an old one. Right. Yeah. Eleven thirty. Uh, news. Then weather. And then eleven forty-five on Christmas night. All right. What's that? Oh, that is. Don't know. 11.50, we'll move on, who cares? 11.50, have I got a bit more 2018 news for you? Oh, great, just to remind everyone of what a shit year it's been. Yeah. Here we go, it's I Ian Hislop and Paul Merton <laughs> and a variety of wacky celebrity hosts accompanied by guests such as uh, Richard off of Pointless, Victoria Corrin <laughs> and uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's I like a, a lot of the, I like a lot is. of the people involved in Have I Got News for You, but it's just depressing to even think about. Yeah, yeah. On Christmas and everything reminds me though. Again, no 2018 white because of fucking Black Mirror. Oh, iPads are a bit mad, aren't they? We get it. <laughs> that's the <laughs> that's the summary of Black Mirror. iPads are a bit mad, aren't they? <laughs> um, is that it? Are we done? Oh, go on. No, we're still going. 
12.30, this is the last one. The rest okay. of it's weather and news. 12.30am, uh, My Week with Marilyn, the film. I, I didn't get around to seeing it, so it might be really good, but again, t- half Something 12 like on Christmas night, is there not anything yeah. else you could have put on? Could you not have put that on earlier instead of Mrs. Brown's Boys? Yep. God almighty. Wank, no wank. Is you it know, just me or is that a worse Christmas schedule than normal? It does seem worse than normal, yeah. I mean, you've got to think how disappointing those 2003 Only Fools Christmas specials were. Oh, right? yeah, God. Think about that. Christmas telly hasn't been as good as that since. No, so, you're right. Do you know what I mean? Like, God. I, there is some pleasure to be derived from them because it's Only Fools and Horses, but... They pale in comparison to the rest of the yeah, series. Definitely. But Christmas telly hasn't been as good as God, that. Oh, yeah, I'd since. love something like that this year. There's not even a Doctor Who Christmas special. Yeah, There's nothing. Pull the plug on that this year. Yeah, do you know you're right, though, actually? I would love. I, I don't care if it's bad. I'd like something like the Only Falls Norse's Christmas specials. Anything like that. Not more Mrs. Brown's Boys or fucking Michael McIntyre. Fuck yeah. off. But it does Old seem Zog. like. What I... the fuck is Zog? What is Zog? <laughs> Madness. I'll tell you what, though, I'll tell you what, we'll end with a bit of positivity. 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 Um, my Christmas recommendation, the thing that I think is going to be quite good yeah. this Christmas, is um, on the 23rd on BBC4. Uh, there's the secret story of the BBC Christmas tapes. Oh, no, is, I would uh, like that. That's right on my street. The... Yeah, I think that'll be, yeah, I think that'll be pretty like interesting. That. So That'd be great. That's my recommendation. Shall we uh, wrap up telling me what you've been watching this week? Yes. Telling me what you've been watching this week is available under licence, as are all crass features. Just send a cheque for £300 made out to George Walsh, or alternately, just nick our ideas and pass them off as your own. I mean, it's only YouTube, after all, so it doesn't really constitute as plagiarism, does it? And besides, no-one's really watching anymore, are they? So fill your boots, Gan, and I don't mind. But if you are, you know, wrestling with your conscience about it, send me a cheque. Anyway, next bit. (laughs) Yeah, next bit. Shall I lead you into top five Christmas specials? I haven't got I haven't got that. Oh, I thought you had that. I haven't no. got it. I haven't got one. I, I mentioned that as an idea, but I haven't got it. <laughs> I thought you had it. Okay. <laughs> I can make one up now if you want. Okay, go top on. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Top right. five Christmas specials. So, we've uh, done enough talking about <laughs> telly there, I think, Paul. But uh, I believe... You wanted to take some time to discuss your top five Christmas specials. <laughs> sure, sure. Top, but I love Christmas specials at Christmas. They're great. Um, here's a top. I'm going to do a top five list of them. Are you going to put some music on, under this? <laughs> top five, number five. The um, Animal Hospital Christmas special. <laughs> the one where the dog chokes on a bit of holly. That one's pretty good. 
four. <laughs> That's got a nonce in it. Number four. <laughs> Number four. The Mad Men Christmas special, where they all go on holiday to Spain for Christmas. <laughs> I've changed my mind, this is brilliant. Number three. Number three, number three, a bargain a, a hunt Christmas carol. The whole, the whole bargain hunt gang reenacts Charles Dickens' classic novel, A Christmas Carol. Um, oh, Jim Wanacott. Jim Wanacott. Jim Wanacott. I did say Tim, I'm just ill. Jim, Jim Wanacott. Jim Wanacott. Please, please, Jacob Marley. Um, number two, uh, the Mrs. Brown's Boys Christmas special where they all get killed at the end. Uh, doesn't have to be funny, it's true. Number one, but the number one greatest Christmas special is, um, the complete Christmas special of the advert from the, the, the carrot from the Aldi advert. Oh, he's all cute, isn't he? You mean Happy the 30-minute version? <laughs> yeah, sure. It's 30 minutes and it's Christmas. So that's my top five Christmas specials that I've just made up on the spot. <laughs> right, well, Christmas season of... <laughs> Christmas, the season of goodwill to all men. Uh, you know, people think it's a time for peace a time for happiness, for joy, for inner peace as well. Which is why yep. I'm going to do Things What Get On Me Tits. Oh, on this here crass podcast, we do have lots of bits. And here's another feature called Things What Get On Me Tits. Yeah, Things What Get On Me Tits. So, it's to be honest, this is old news now, the thing... Uh, what's got on me tits Brilliant. so this, you know it's kind what of out of my system for the crass really. podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, so this happened during the the hiatus do you, do you remember hearing about that Dutch bloke who wants to be 20 years younger so that he could you know do better on Tinder did you hear about this Paul no I didn't no there's a Dutch bloke who <laughs> is 69 years old um, right. believes that he is, you know, still attractive and still handsome and has the body of someone okay. 20 years younger. And so he yeah. went to court in Holland to try and okay. legally become uh, 20 years younger. Um, <laughs> saying sake. that it's, you know, I feel 20 years younger and so it's my right to, you right. know, it's as I identify as 20 years younger, is. I should be able to change my age to yeah. reflect how I feel on the inside. Now, I don't want to make sweeping generalizations about people, but it's my hunch that this bloke is massively transphobic. Oh, well, almost, almost certainly, yeah. And if you're sitting there listening, thinking this is exactly the same material as when he was whinging about that straight couple who wanted a civil partnership. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. I'll stop doing the same bits when people stop wasting the time of judges by being prats. All right. Yeah. Things what got me tits. Is that the end? Is that the end? <laughs>
I love this feature. <laughs> the jingles. The jingles are longer than the actual content. So long another feature until we next transmit. They're out of my damn system now. Those things what got on me tits. Yeah, those things what got on me tits. <laughs> right. Well, we're all gathered round the, the Christmas fire. And, the old you know, Joanna. It's <laughs> and it's getting to the point in the evening where people tell stories about, I don't know, ghosts or themselves. And I think it's now yep. the point in the podcast for Paul to read an extract from his autobiography. Of course, it wouldn't be Christmas without it. Paul Austin, Life Lessons from an Expert. Chapter 9, The Very First Christmas. I'm just going to have a bit of a drink first. When I was a wee lad, before life became a seemingly endless plummet into an all-consuming abyss, and before my balls worked, I didn't celebrate Christmas. I would spend my Decembers at my dad's condo in Kidderminster while my mother went to Rio. My father believed in atheism, and anything to do with God, the baby Jesus, or Muslims was strictly forbidden. Footnote, he really hated Muslims. Not sure why. Every December, myself and my father would travel across the Midlands to churches and garden centres. There, we would seek and destroy any nativity scene we could find. Sometimes, my father would sneak me into the Webb's Santa's Grotto and we would repeatedly punch and kick and bite the man dressed up as the magical fat bloke. We would also gate-crash carol services and fiddle the collection plate. However, as I grew up, I noticed a change in my father. If you imagine the spectrum of belief as a kind of circle, much like the political spectrum, my father moved so far to the side of non-belief, the left wing, for example, that he started to move into the other side of belief, the right wing. <laughs> to put it simply, my father was so fanatical about his non-belief that he actually started to believe. From that point on, Christmas was back in town. The very first Christmas I had was in 2005, when I was 11 years old. Bird flu had rocked the country, Prince Charles finally made an honest woman of Camilla, and London was hit by four suicide bombers, killing 53 innocent people. I think that was the year Hurricane Katrina happened as well. On the first day of December, December 1st, my father came home with three advent calendars for myself and my siblings. It was the highlight of each day, opening the little door to see what was inside. Sometimes it was a little robin. Sometimes a snowman. Some days there'd be nothing at all. But as my father would say, that's the name of the game. I later learned that it was Abba who made up this saying, not my father, the lying cunt. <laughs> On the 15th day of December, December 15th, my father came home with a tree, already decorated and with presents included. Not sure where he got it from, probably nicked it, the old scallywag. <laughs> I can start to see why we cut this last year, George. After yeah. putting the tree in the corner, the one by the window that was always covered in newspaper, we gathered by the radiator and played frustration. <laughs> Bill, I've not read this since last year. <laughs> we gathered by the radiator and played frustration until... <laughs> I'm so sorry, this is really unprofessional, listeners. Oh. We... 
We... Oh, fuck. Come on. Come on. We gathered by the radiator and played frustration until one of us shot ourselves. On Christmas Eve, which is the... Oh, fuck's sake. Come on. Uh, on Christmas Eve... <laughs> Stop! Fuck! Uh. <sighs> on Christmas Eve, which is the 24th day of December, December 24th, myself and my siblings went down to Abdul's, the local <laughs> grocer's, and picked up, loads, uh, picked up a load of vegetables for Christmas dinner. Whilst in town, I picked up a few presents for my family, from whichever shop had the worst security system, generally the Polish one down Fry Street. I took my siblings a babka each, and I nabbed my father a pint glass full of fudge. I wrapped them in toilet roll, which I still do to this day if I'm running low on bako foil, and left them under the tree. At this point, I was practically bursting with excitement for the big day, so much so that I vomited twice. That night, I tried desperately to sleep, but I heard Father Christmas downstairs, leaving presents, clattering about, and chugging the brandy we left for him. Also, the extra can of Frosty Jacks left for the reindeer. I decided that it was all too much to bear, and my duvet really stank of sick by this point, so I went downstairs to spy on the bearded wizard of Christmas. I crept down the stairs on tiptoe, as quiet as a mouse. Once downstairs, I made a crack in the door, with a chisel, <laughs> <laughs> and peeked inside. There was no Father Christmas. There was only Father, my father, his face covered in white powder. At the time, I thought this was very festive of him, but now I, but I now realise that it was cocaine. He was, lying, he was lying upside down on the sofa, his head resting in a pile of vomit, his eyes bulged and bloodshot. Footnote, I've only realised while writing this, but it was a pretty shitty Christmas. <laughs> I carefully made my way into the living room and nabbed one of the presents from under the tree. I heard my father calling to me as I passed. But I thought it best to ignore him. I took the present upstairs and opened it by torchlight beneath my now rather stiff duvet. Oh, by the way, this happened around nine o'clock Christmas Eve, so it's still the same day. Uh, I ripped away the wrapping paper and there it was, the Tracy Island that I'd always wanted. I slept with it in my arms that night and knew that I would never be happier than I was in that moment. The next morning, my dad was gone, and so were all the presents, including Tracy Island. I wouldn't see him again until 2009, when he was arrested for a fraud case I probably shouldn't mention. He apologised <laughs> and explained that he was going through a right shit time in 2005, and although I didn't get my Tracy Island back, he did make me one out of papier-mâché and toilet roll tubes. It was a nice gesture, but I'd gone well off Thunderbirds by then, and I exclusively watched The Wire. I threw the Blue Peter-style <laughs> Tracy Island in the bin and claimed wolves ate it. And so concludes my Christmas chapter of my autobiography. <laughs> well, I hope you got some joy out of this year's Christmas special, listeners. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll see be about back that. in the new year, hopefully around January. Um, do you think January? Does that sound... We haven't discussed it or anything. This no, is, to be honest. Just back in January. It'll be the same January that we were supposed to be back last year, though, won't it? Well, it'll be fucking May, yeah, is what you mean by January. That, expect that. We'll be back at some point. And if we're point, back sooner worry. than May, it's a bonus. Um, yeah, exactly. Bongo. Dear, oh dear. Last ring of the bell. Come on, we can end this in a better way. Well, listeners, that was it for this year. Um, 
Christmas, Christmas too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you hope it lightened up your Christmas a little bit. Probably had the opposite effect, to be honest. Yeah. No one's but, listening um, anyway. It's fine. No. Who gives a Who gives a fuck? Um, well, George. All that remains. All that remains is for me to wish you a happy Christmas and a happy um, Christmas to you too, Paul. Thank you so much, and good New Year and all that. Yeah. Um, you what? You can email us. Uh, or oh, don't. Who cares? Don't yeah, bother if you don't want to. If you to. want to email us, the email address is crasspodcast at gmail dot com. You can find me on Twitter at Bumbledoon. That's Bumble D O O N. You can also find the Crass Podcast on Twitter at the Crass Podcast. And if you go to my old Twitter address, which I gave out repeatedly throughout the first two series before I decided to scrap Twitter, you will find a tribute page to the Argentine author Rodolfo Jorge Walsh. Hmm. Someone snapped up that that um, account already. <laughs> so, so if anyone gets it the crass now, they're just going to end up going... <laughs> That's perfect. That is ex- that's 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 just so us, isn't it? Yeah. Typical. Well, enjoy that, listeners. Happy Christmas. Good night. Ding 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 ding. It's Monty Python. That'll do. That'll okay. do. What I get for Christmas for early doors. Oh. Cos this one's yours I mean, I've got my own problems, haven't I, son? That's typical Right, no respect You make me laugh, you boot Oh, Terence, please Just leave me out After all I've done for you What are we gonna get for early doors? Not a lot It's not funny, Terence and just time for this year's Apprentice Candidate Count, counting every time the word candidate or candidates was uttered between the closing continuity of the previous programme and the end credits of The Apprentice. Week 1, 5. Week 2, 6. Week 3, 4. Week 4, 3. Week 5, 5. Week 6, 3. Week 7, 5. Week 8, 3. Week 9, 4. Week 10, 3. Week 11, 8. And Week 12, 7, with a grand total of 56 utterances of the word candidates. What are we gonna get for early doors? Money? Terence. That's typical. Right, there's no respect. You make me laugh, you do. No, Terence, please. Just leave me out. After all I've done for you, what are we gonna get for early doors? Christmas.